0: Well, hey, good Monday morning to you. It's, uh, Monday, April 26th, 2021. Monday, April 26th, 2021. Um, uh, hope you had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, you know, Oscar weekend. Some stuff happened. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I appreciate you coming here. I so appreciate you. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the list. Um... If you can, bring someone along with you. Say, hey, this guy, you know, he sucks, but he says some good stuff sometimes. So, Uh, Biden became the first president ever on Saturday to publicly and officially recognize the systemic killing of an estimated 1.5 million Armenians by the Ottomans during the First World War. Uh, As historians, survivors, and their descendants have long known. As calling by calling it genocide. Uh, in an official White House statement, Biden said, <clears throat> Each year on this day, we remember the lives of all those who died in the Ottoman-era Armenian genocide and recommit ourselves to pre- preventing such an atrocity from ever occurring, uh, ever again occurring. Uh, so he said the uh, G word. The G- the G word, which is the first time a president has ever said that, and of course Armenians all over the place were very happy about that. Um, right here in uh, Southern California, uh, Glendale uh, is the biggest um, Armenian population in the world outside of Armenia, so they're uh, quite happy uh, here in uh, this area. Uh, of course, the Turkish president. Who sounds like a character from *Lord of the Rings*? President Erdogan uh, denounced the statement, saying, "We reject and denounce in the strongest terms the statement of the President of the United States regarding the events of the 1915 of 1915 made under the pressure of radical Armenian circles and anti-Turkey groups." Uh, he said that through the Turkish uh, Foreign Ministry. Uh, David Satterfield. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, And uh, oh yeah, Turkish uh, uh, Turkish uh, Foreign Minister Sadat Onal met with U.S. Ambassador to Turkey, David Satterfield, to discuss Ankara's condemnation of Biden's remarks. Onal said, "The statement does not have uh, regarding Biden's statement. He said the statement does not have legal grounds in terms of international law and has hurt the Turkish people, opening a wound that's hard to fix in our relations." So there, there was that, uh, we do need Turkey. We do need Turkey for sure. Uh, <clears throat> now that I have your attention, let's try to fix the world. And there's, there's some problems in Armenia right now to be sure, to be sure there's some problems in Armenia. So how is Biden doing? You know, hundred days hundred days. Isn't 100 days coming up? It's about to happen, isn't it? Mm. Let me see. Yeah, it's uh only a couple days away, I think. So how is Biden doing? He said he'd vaccinate 100 million in the first 100 days, and he's done that uh, by way more, like 200 million, quite a feat. He's not doing a great job of immigration, uh, but the big uh, pile of crap flaming pile of crap left on his doorstep and that department was pretty huge but he did introduce legislation and tried to make DACA permanent and tried to not separate families at the border though families separate themselves that's a problem he was able to establish a task force to reunite children and ended the uh, Muslim ban he tried to stop the border wall but laws and regulations stopped him from doing it Um, he, he was able to stop some There was that limit on asylum seekers he tried to work through last week, if you remember the story I did. He did add supervision over the border quagmire to fix it, so it may happen. It may get fixed. Uh, uh, Isn't uh, uh, the vice president in charge of that? Uh, The COVID task task force is done. COVID legislation is done. Vaccine distribution plan, done. Rejoin who, that's done. Uh, put the Fauci in charge. Dr. Fauci, that's done. He has not reversed Trump's corporate tax cut, but Republicans are being obstructionists. Uh, world uh, Climate Summit, done. He just did that last week. <clears throat> uh, put U.S. on the forefront of climate change. Yeah, sort of. I mean, he's doing. He's trying to do some stuff. It's never enough. We're, we're so far, I mean, we're in really bad shape in this world. <clears throat> He's done a lot, but a lot needs to be done. We'll say it that way. Uh, he has not yet extended the voters' right act. He did not institute a national uh, police oversight commission, but I think legal loopholes stopped him. Uh, has not paced, uh, passed a Safe Justice Act. He tried to fix the flaming bag of crap in foreign policy and had an international su- uh, and have an international summit. He's had a couple of minor uh, uh, summits with uh, side people. Uh, That Chinese trade deal in the Pacific is having issues. And I'm sure it's because Biden is doing foreign policy with South Korea and uh, Japan and Australia. Uh, If you remember Australia, (coughs) I may not have talked about this. Australia had a deal with China that was just worked out about six months ago. Uh, uh, some of the states in Australia had a deal. And Australia said, nope, sorry, you can't do that. So that's over. And China is really upset about that. Moving on. Uh, This is disturbing. India is going through a horrible time right now with COVID. Uh, They've been having days uh, uh, almost as bad as the U.S., Uh, uh, India's daily uh, coronavirus death toll passed a new record on Saturday as the government battled to get oxygen supplies to hospitals, overwhelmed by the hundreds of thousands of new daily cases. Cues of COVID-19 patients and their fearful relatives are building up outside of hospitals in major cities across India. The new world pandemic hotspot is India, uh, which has reportedly nearly a million new cases In three days, another 2,624 deaths, a new daily record on Saturday, were reported in 24 hours, taking the official uh, toll, death toll, to Um, 190,000. Still not as bad as the United States. Um, And that's since the pandemic started. More than 340,000 new cases were also reported, taking India's total to 16.5 million, second only to the United States. But, excuse me, let me get me me a drink of some uh, coffee here. Uh, Many experts are predicting that the uh, current wave will not peak for at least three weeks and that the real death and case numbers are much higher because of poor, uh, poor death reporting, you know. Now, I say as bad as the U.S., but we should take into account that they have one third the land area and four times the population. I believe 1.37 uh, billion with a B people. Uh, they're getting, uh, they're supposed to uh, surpass China this decade as having more of a population than China. But here's the thing in this supposed democracy. According to the Indian news outlet, Medianama, Twitter has complied with government requests to censor 52 tweets that mostly criticize India's handling of the second surge of the COVID-19 pandemic. These tweets, which are now inaccessible to Indian users, we can see them, but they can't. Um, uh, Indian users of uh, the social media website include posts by Ravanth Reddy, a sitting member of parliament, Maloy Gatak, a West Bengal state minister, actor Vinit Kumar Singh, and two filmmakers, Vinod Capri and Avinash Das. Several people who had their postings blocked were informed by Twitter what was coming ahead of the move and that the decision was based on a request made by the Indian government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Now... This is supposedly a democracy. This would be like um, the Queen of England saying, oh, okay, Twitter, don't let those, uh, those, uh, those tweets out or something like that. This is unheard of. I mean, this is, this is um, uh, suppression of free speech that should not be happening. According to BuzzFeed, Modi's, uh, that's the president, uh, Hindu, or I'm sorry, the prime minister, uh... Modi's Hindu nationalist government also restricted dozens of tweets that criticized Modi or shared pictures of India's overflowing crematoriums and hospitals. In addition to a tweet from the Indian American Muslim Council, a Washington, D.C.-based advocacy organization of Indian American Muslims, that group shared a vice story about the Kum Mala, a Hindu pilgrimage attended by hundreds of thousands of Indians earlier this month. And that's, of course, what turned into uh, a super spreader event. Uh, the United States will make more medical aid available to India in an effort to fight an al- the alarming spike of COVID-19 cases. The pledge came during a phone call between White House National Security Advisor uh, Jake Sullivan and Indian National Security Advisor Ajit Doval on Sunday since, as we said, India has become the epicenter of the global pandemic and the country's health system is collapsing. But, I, you know, I'm split on this. I want these people to be helped. But I would suggest that Joe Biden walk it back and ask the government of India not to suppress free speech if they're going to get some aid. I mean, we want to help them. We really do. And I hate to to say, hey, we're not going to give you aid unless you don't. Uh, quell uh, uh, or suppress uh, free speech it 's a problem we can't allow this uh, to stand and, and Biden needs to say something he needs to say something today about it uh, speaking of india, that Indian submarine that was missing uh and i i, I hadn't reported on that because um, I was hoping that they would just surface um The Indian submarine that was missing has been found broken into at least three pieces. Indonesian military says at least 53 crew members of a submarine missing since Wednesday are dead. Uh, The submarine sank off the uh, coast of Bali. And that's uh, very sad. Uh, 53 families, you know. The Oscars last night had Nomadland. Uh, win Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress. Uh, Chadwick Boseman did not win, and Anthony Hopkins, who did, uh, he, he won. He showed a great grace about it. Sir Anthony Hopkins, is it not? Um, and he talked about Chadwick Boseman. And as you expected, it was quite a political, uh, uh, quite political on the stage uh, of the lush affair as homeless people died in the streets outside. But I'm sure they had a great time. In Los Feliz, on a bridge over the 5 Freeway, a sign showed up with huge letters saying that Hattie McDaniel needs a replacement award from the Very White Academy. With only three of 90 board members who are black, some, uh, but some racist ass has tore it down after a day. I guess uh, some white dude didn't like the idea that white people were being called out. I've been open about wanting that award for Hattie McDaniels, and I'll tell you why. Hattie McDaniel uh, was the first black to win an Oscar for her role as the head slave in Gone with the Wind. Uh, As a black, she was not allowed to attend the Oscars But through some wrangling by Clark Gable and David Selznick, uh, the producer They got her there, separate from the rest of the Oscar attendees She had to sit at a table uh, uh, way back in the corner She was not allowed to join Selznick and others uh, At the all-white location No uh, no blacks allowed It, It was, you know long time ago. Many whites did not want her there and uh, at the whites only ambassadors, coconut grove nightclub, or like the idea that she had won an Oscar. But many blacks were not happy with her because she perpetuated racism with her role as the slave Mammy in Gone with the Wind. But she did I mean, she endangered her job. There were the the, the N word was used in the script, and she refused to say the N word as she was told. She could have lost her job, so she did something. Um, but the black public were still not happy with her for perpetuating. Racism. She went on to play 74 maid roles and was derided by blacks for doing so. She famously said she would rather make $700 a day playing a maid than $7 a day being one. She actually made $450 a day uh, for Gone with the Wind. $450 a day way back when is a lot of money. That was a lot of money. In her acceptance speech, This daughter of two former slaves said, I shall always hold it, uh, uh, her Oscar, hold it as a beacon for anything I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope that I shall always be a credit to my race and the motion picture industry. Even after death, her Oscar was deemed valueless by appraisers and later went missing from Howard University. And even in death, there was controversy. Her final wish was to be buried in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery Um, as an all-white cemetery they refused. Hattie McDaniel died October 26, 1952 of breast cancer. Her her belongings were valued at $10,336.00. Uh, $1,000 less than what she owed the IRS. The Oscar, she wrote, uh, was to be left to Howard University, but the award went missing from the school during the early 70s. Her Oscar was deemed to have little value, though today it would probably bring more than $1 million at auction. The low value is likely because it did not appear like, you know, how people think of Oscars. Back then... Lead roles got the statuette. Supporting roles got a smaller statue on a plaque, I suppose, uh, mounted on a piece of wood and a plaque. Uh, because of that, it was not—it was—it was likely not recognized as an Oscar by the appraiser. But still, she was black, so an Oscar was probably worth less. Also, being black in 1952 gave the Oscar less value. The, uh, that's when she died, 1952. The institutional racism of the time is what put her in debt and left her there in debt past death. One theory that her Oscar was tossed into the Potomac River by angry protesting students after Martin Luther King Jr.'s 1968 assassination. More white perpetuation of black on black wrongdoing. That's what that was, as far as I'm concerned. The last time anyone remembers seeing the Oscar was 1972. The Academy claims, since they don't know whether Hattie McDaniel's Oscar exists or not, that they cannot replace it. That's not entirely true. <clears throat> when Olympia Dukakis's Moonstruck Oscar was stolen from her home in 1989, she called the Academy to see if it could be replaced. They responded, "Sure. $78." That's what they said. She agreed. She paid the $78. The thief called her son, asked for ransom money in exchange for getting the Oscar back. He he called the police in return and no exchange ever happened. The academy knew that the Oscar existed, yet replaced it anyway for $78. I guess, different roles for white Oscar winners than black Oscar winners. Margaret O'Brien won an Academy Award for Outstanding Child Actress in 1945 for her performance in Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, In 1954, O'Brien's housekeeper took the Oscar home for cleaning. She never came back. The maid uh, was fired, but the Oscar remained missing. The Academy sent O'Brien a replacement, but the original remained lost. Forty years later, an attorney saw the Oscar in a flea market in Pasadena. They tried to sell it at an auction, but the Academy caught wind of the sale and asked them to sell it directly to them. The Academy still has not replaced Hattie McDaniel's Oscar. Even after many more Oscars have been replaced for white actors and producers, they don't seem to want to replace them for a black actor. The first black actor Oscar winner, Hattie McDaniel, they don't want to replace it. And that's what that sign was all about. And um, I'm still disturbed by this. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. I I truly appreciate you. Uh, It is Monday. Monday. uh, Since I don't have the date in front of me, I'm going to look at it right over here. Um, Monday, April 26, 2021. Monday, April 26, 2021. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, I truly appreciate you. You come back every day, and that's really nice of you. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.